It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is with you this week. And introducing your host, he is Cincinnati's favorite son, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, he is the man with the magical voice. RJ! And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Ringside Rant. I am the man with the magical voice, RJ. And he is the man, the myth, the legend, the man that is always number one on your scorecard. Well, let's send it up to the ring to Mr. Tony Schiavone to introduce him. It's Super Dave! All right, Dave, come on. Dave, looking good over there in your Stars jersey. Go Stars. Doing well last night. Yep, we've only lost one game, and it was in overtime, so we still came away with a point. Yeah, my Sabres, we, like we talked before we hit record, is uh, they uh, my Sabres are pretty good, man. They're not getting anything. They haven't scored anything less than three goals a game, so... Yes, it's still early, but at this point, from where we have been to where we are now, it's been night and day. <laughs> it's nice to start off with with something that can get you excited for the season, rather than because yeah. I mean, it's if you go if you start the season and you're losing, it's just it, it'll take the wind out of your sails early, and it's a long season. Yeah, yeah, because right. it's it's always about about this time of the year when you talk about the Sabers. Well, there's always next season because <laughs> you just now, start off in the dump. Now I'm not saying that I'm not saying that the stars yeah I am. We're going for Stanley Cup this year. I'm saying it. But I put my money where my mouth is. Because I was um I was in a casino last month. We uh we'd gone to see Gary Allen at Margaritaville oh, in okay. Bozier City. I remember and, yeah. And uh, I stopped by the sports book and I bet um I bet on the Dallas Stars to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. And I put um uh, I put twenty dollars on it. And I think with the odds, I'll win 960 if they win it. If they win it all. But, I mean, and you know, maybe I threw $20 away. Sure. But in the NHL, all you got to do is make playoffs and get hot in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And I'm really encouraged with how the Stars have come out of the gate because they're being very, very aggressive, playing strong defense. Defense has been excellent. But they're playing. They're playing really extremely um, aggressive on offense. Uh, they were real bad about dumping the puck out and giving up and regrouping last year. Mm-hmm. And they're not dumping a lot this year. They're 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 trying to, you know, they're really peppering the goalkeepers and 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 they're playing good physical hockey. And I love it. And I'm excited. And when the Cowboys in the '90s under Jerry Jones won their first Super Bowl under Jones. I was in Vegas, and I put ten dollars on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl, 
and the Cowboys weren't even in the conversation. And then, the, you know, all that trading with Jimmy Johnson happened, and they beat the 49ers in the playoffs and won their first Super Bowl when they beat they beat Buffalo, by the way. Was that the, the, was that that the blowout game? Was that the heavy side for um, RJ? But what I'm saying is, is I was able to, I was able to take that ticket and sure. with with big odds. I can't remember the amount now. Several hundred dollars, sure, on a ten dollar bet because they weren't long, they they were not the longest shot, but they were a long shot. Might have been eighty to one. Yeah, forty to one, eighty to one. It was, you know, it was it. And um, because it's been a long time. Yeah. So maybe lightning will strike twice, and I'll and I can cash that ticket in. I'll be glad to drive to Bowser City to do it. Right. Well, it's, even this year, it's looking pretty good for him too. You got Dak coming back today, and it's uh, it's looking in the right direction. It's just they got to put everything together now. That's a problem. Yeah, Philadelphia is going to be hard to beat. I hate to say that because sure, I mean but Philadelphia. I hate Philadelphia. Um. I mean, I learned that as a, as a young child to hate Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even want I didn't even want Rex Ryan on our staff because of his dad. <laughs> Seems about right. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like before he passed, it's like they had him when Ryan was in Buffalo. It's like shit. What the hell? Great coach, buddy. but it's I just hated like you buddy don't. Ryan. And his passing hadn't softened me on it. I mean, well, buddy it was Ryan the same was thing with the Phillips family too. We had Wade Phillips here. He had Bum Phillips from Houston when he was part of Houston there. Yeah, it's like holy crap. I'm like, we just you get that lineage of the family, and it's like nothing. Obviously, never, never materialized but, for the Bills when well, they were there. But... the real deal this year. And if I was if I was going to pick somebody early in the season that, that's going to be there at the end of the season, I'm, it's going to be hard to beat Philadelphia there. Well, they haven't they lost yet, healthy, so. If Jalen Hurts stays healthy, and I like Jalen Hurts. I mean, Alabama, Oklahoma, my two favorite college teams. Yeah. No, I get it. Anyway, and and the show that we're going to be going over today actually came to us from North Little Rock, Arkansas, 20 years ago last week, Dave. And it was very hard to believe, looking back at this and uh, – watching it again i've watched it a couple times and remembering i'm like holy crap this was 20 years ago i'm like christ i feel older than shit now but so it makes probably makes you feel younger than hell right yeah but uh, i mean no, me, this... my wife was just watching it with me and she's like how long when did when did brock lesnar make his debut because she didn't even realize he'd been around for 20 years yeah yeah this year is 20 years yeah and even if even if you look at this you still have even looking at this card, just like ballpark in it now, Chris Jericho is on it. He's still going. Goldust is on this. He's still going. Booker T. You never say never about Booker T. Christian. Hopefully never. Who, for Booker T? Or? Yeah. I Well, yeah, I think he's pretty much, he is, I think he's pretty happy doing his commentary he could there go. on NXT. Booker T looks tremendous. He could still go. I'm, oh, by far. There, I'm you know, just there being were facetious. There, I'm, not, I'm not a huge, I never have been a huge Booker T fan, so... <laughs> Well, but still, you got Booker T. He still, you know, those those rumblings years ago, last year or what have you, with him and his brother going against FTR and and all that stuff. I'm like, all right, well, you know, have at it. But, but, but let me tell you, you're going to like, I'm not being too hard on Booker T. Sure. But if you were good at give, if you were good at being a, a villain, 
30, 30, 35 years ago, and you did it right, it stays with you. Oh, right. And I hated GI, I hated the GI bros so bad in global that I've never warmed up to Booker T and Stevie Ray. Yeah. Because, I mean, some people are the, the, the their heat is just, I mean, magnetic. The, I mean, Coco, Coco, where? Mm hmm. Before he added the B. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate, I, when he was PYT Express, that was my first time around him. And he said some really ugly shit to my sister. And mm -hmm. I mean, he, he crossed the line. He crossed the line what he said to my sister. But, yeah. but I mean, their heat was so tremendous. They, I mean, very few mid-card tag teams got enough heat that they had to be taken out the side door at the sportatorium right because if they took if the heat was if the heat was tremendous they didn't take them back up the aisle to the locker room they went out the side door which was yeah. only five rows deep mm -hmm. and they take them right out the side door and let them come in back where they came in and the, when they got there and the pyt express had so much heat they were taking them out the side door so here it is all these years later and I'm in the business and get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I still feel a certain way about Coco Ware. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's my, you know, why I don't with Booker T it's because he was so good at what he did, making me hate him that all these years later, and I'm not saying that, you know, the King Booker stuff was good. I'm not saying that, in, I, but, but I can't remember a time that he was in the ring that I didn't cheer for the other guy <laughs> regardless. Right. Right. Killer face. Right. right. So. But no, this um, this event, like I said, Arkansas, North Little Rock, Arkansas, the Altel Arena before 10,000 fans, estimated by rate of 300,000. Uh, all in all, decent pay-per-view. It starts here with an Undertaker and Kane promo. Uh, keep in mind, this is when this was the... Uh, not the dead man undertaker. This was the American. I, I don't know what you really characterize him here. Would it be the American big, nasty, character? big, nasty, big evil. Or Booger whatever? red. Was right. it? Were they, there was JR calling him Booger red at this time. It might've been big, but big, evil, big, evil has, bastard or something yeah, like, like that. Big evil or something. But yeah, I think so I remember big evil bastard being on one of the shirts. Yeah. 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 But yeah. he had the, the red was, devil looking. Yeah. 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 That's what I was talking about. Red it evil, was more of a big evil, evil big evil yeah. than than the the dead. I mean, um, the American badass, right? But still, and, and, but th this is still the same where they still have the brand splits here. Where Ron SmackDown, uh, I think they humanized. They tried to humanize the Undertaker too much in this era. I mean, we're yeah, acknowledging then, his wife being pregnant, and then I don't I have no recollection of this woman that was accusing him. I didn't either. I had to go back and watch it a couple times and even watch a couple of the Raws before. And I'm like, I just don't, or the SmackDowns, excuse me. Well, they interviewed like, her on this show and I'm looking at her like, I don't, I have no recollection of who this woman is. So I don't right. even know that she was, a, I don't even know that she was in the business beyond this. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember her after the fact, but. I don't remember before, during or after. Okay. Yeah. Zero <laughs> recall. Vaguely remembered this part. Yeah. Not the only one, that's for sure, but. Opening contest here is the aforementioned Booker T and Goldust taking on um, the uh, team of Christian and Chris Jericho. Just a regular straight-up tag team match. Um, keep in Three mind, out of like, four participants performing today in AEW. 
Still going. Yeah, believe it or not, just going back and seeing a lot of these names on here, it's like, okay, they're still going. He's still going. He can still technically go if he wants. Hasn't technically retired, him being Booker T. But uh, they're all prominent. Of- they're, they're prominent. I mean, D- yeah. when Dustin shows up, he's in a prominent position. Yeah, Normally he's not a title around. match of some such. Yeah. Chris Jericho has reinvented himself yet again and mm-hmm. is the flagship for the ROH brand that right. could possibly be coming. And then, because I've heard this week, there was some, that, that HBO Max could be a player for ROH. I think that's always been a, a card in the hand, their hand before where they've always talked about that. I think um, I, I, they need something. They need something. I and Christian, Christian's more of a manager than an in-ring. He's kind but, of like a mentor kind of thing. But I mean, look at the, tra- they made him transitional champion getting the belt off of Kenny Omega and giving it back to Impact. Right. Which I think I think AEW really screwed Impact on that deal. Omega should have elevated somebody on Impact's roster. Yeah, yeah. No, Impact had Impact did not benefit from their relationship with AEW. I do not believe. Well, and to this day, they're still they're still getting chased chased from uh, chased by AEW. You know, and it's just it sucks because it's like I I think the, the roster. Impact is a lot better than you know than AEW, and that may get me a little hate tweets and whatever. But you can hit me up online. I'm I don't sure, know but... if it's better or better used. I think it's the latter. I think it's better. Maybe used. Maybe better used. I mean, Impact doesn't have as big of a roster, but they know how so, to use it. Though. So you're not like, my God, they got Josh Alexander. Why don't we seeing Josh Alexander? Yeah. My God, they got Ace Austin. Why don't we ever see Ace Austin? Because he's on there. I mean, well, he was, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Uh, but no, this is a, uh, it's two and a three quarter stars from Uncle Dave. Um, we're going to see Jericho and uh, and Christian go over. Separate um, entrances. Yeah, it was weird. It was definitely um, weird. Did, the p- the did tag belts. I got to say, <clears throat> this is probably the last night we're going to see these tag belts. Mm-hmm. Because they're gonna later in the night they're gonna introduce the SmackDown tags and the Raw tags were right behind that. Yeah. So the so the WWE the WWE well those bulldog I mean those tags were made by Reggie Parks. They're going away. Um, mm-hmm. And um, my notes I want to point out that this version of Christian, his his music, is my favorite version of Christian's music. Yeah, Something about too. Christian, Christian is last, you're on your own. Because this is right after he split from his from uh, I, Edge. I liked the music. I didn't I didn't really care for Christian, but Right. It's all about but, the music. <laughs> but the but that's my favorite Christian. Those are those are probably my favorite WWF tag belts. Okay, right. Um The Raw tags are my all time favorite tag belts in WWE. The the red ones you mean? Or the copper ones? The raw tags that came after uh, with the, the same time as the SmackDown tags, the ones gotcha. that Ric Flair, okay. Ric Flair and Roddy Piper held, Ric Flair and gotcha. Batista held. Right, 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 right. Okay, makes sense. I've got one on my wall over there. Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were say something. Um, no, I, 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 this just seemed like a good way to start the pay per view. You know, for the better workers of all time, um, really got the show off or started off on the right in the right direction. Um, but you know, Devin Dowling's here with a question. He says, um, what are your thoughts on the tag team of Booker T and gold dust? Um, 
I can't help but think they're two reluctant. Texas guys. Yeah. Reluctant. I remember them Booker T. I remember Goldust trying to go after Booker T to be his partner and Booker T being resistant to it. And it was mm -hmm. great comedy backstage. Mm -hmm. I loved Goldust at this time. Um, I think it was a good matchup. It's like an odd couple. The odd couple type tag teams always work for me. Mm -hmm. You say the same thing with Austin and um, Foley. Austin and Triple H. Austin and yeah. Well, Austin, anybody's an odd tag team. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> well, play right. well with others. He right. never played well with others. But but you know what I mean. Those odd couple type tag teams. They and, just get uh, thrown together and say, "Hey, I actually did." Out contradictory to what I said about Booker T a little while ago. I actually did like Booker T and Goldust's interactions. Well, because they got it over. They they, they saw the writing on the wall with saying, hey, well, the probably the better years are behind us or what have you, and uh, we got to figure worked. something out to do. Well, I know, but that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's something that they could possibly have been thinking. Okay, it's 2002. We've been doing this for quite some time. Let's try Let's, you know, get... Uh, um, create a new hold you know get a new you know coat of paint paint of coat what have you and uh this is something that worked though it got over because a lot of people enjoyed it yeah and they got and it but it got pops from the, the fans they're in the ring or excuse me in the arena or you know at home and it really got uh you know really got over uh you know something that really didn't get over at this time for me dave and I don't know how you feel about this. Is this whole Al Wilson, Tori Wilson, uh, Don Marie thing? I, I, yeah. It's, well, it's a different time. I get it. And let's let's look. But let's get back to the. Let's finish up on this tag team. Yeah. The rope broke. Jericho was lucky and breaks neck. Oh, when we went for the lion salt, you mean? And you could tell that it all fell apart at that point. Yeah, they they kind of didn't they didn't know what to do. And the belt was obviously part of the finish. Mm -hmm. And Jericho did the did the move and and on on the belt, but he had the opportunity to kick the belt away from him, and he brought the belt under him, next to the shoulders, where Charles Robinson had to sit there and count three while looking at a belt that shouldn't be in the ring. Right, and, and I know that they were scrambling. Something. So, but I thought it was good, even though. Weird finish. The fi I mean, they were lost at the end because apparently that rope breaking screwed wasn't, the finish. Wasn't supposed to happen. Right. Obviously. And, and but I just thought, and I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have noticed it twenty years ago. But that with the way Jericho took the belt and shoved it up under, you put it right in Charles Robinson's view, and, mm -hmm. and Robinson had to ignore it. So you kind of buried Charles. Yeah, it doesn't really. Yeah, that's minor, a minor criticism, and we've established that today I watch matches like a referee instead of a fan. Mm -hmm. I can't help it, but but now um, I do. Now we'll switch to we'll shift gears to Don Marie and Tori Wilson with Al, and um, that wouldn't work today. No, definitely uh, not. Definitely. But not. hey, I'm a fan of peaking. I mean, I love Fanaki interviewing him. Yeah, Fanaki slowly, slow English, interviewing and talking about peaking. <laughs> yeah, and I love peaking. I mean, peaking duck is excellent. Mm -hmm. but, but, but it's just, <laughs> I just, I'll just move on. I'll just move on. <laughs> um, oh, is that a dad joke? 
Yeah, I'll just, we'll just let that simmer for now. And uh, you, you can uh, you can tweet him at uh, Ref Super Day PWD and let him know what you thought of that joke. Well, uh, I thought there was I thought Don Marie was hotter than hell through this whole segment, and then her choice of ring attire was did not follow the level of sexy that was portrayed. Now, I'm not saying that she wasn't. I'm just saying for the divas at that time, that seemed like. When she came out in that ring gear, I was thinking, that's kind of plain considering we had the the schoolgirl bra that she was showing him backstage. It's like, all right. And I'm like, and I'm like, Fanaki, why the hell were you wearing clothes in the shower? (laughs) Well, they had to. That's what you you wear in the shower. Fanaki was so good. God, Fanaki was so good. Number one. Number one, SmackDown, Ananta. Why? Why you have clothes on in the shower? <laughs> I loved it. Um, but you know, we're gonna see Tori go over on Don Marie here. Negative half a star. Uh, you know, it was what it was. It was one of those transition matches to get us to this next match with Flair. And as and a RVD. referee, I've got to say that I'm, I'm sad. I'm proud as as uh, I'm proud as a people that we've outgrown this kind of overly sexualizing the women in wrestling. Right. But I'm kind of sad that there'll never be a referee spot that I'm involved in where I get to roll around with them. (laughs) And I I love the way the referee was just smiling. (laughs) I call that the, that's the Tim White, uh, the Tim White special. Well, I don't don't know which referee that was. I can't have to go back and look. But he had a smile on his face so big, and I don't know if he was supposed to smile there, but he could, I mean, that was genuine. Was it Chad Patton, maybe? Might have been Chad Patton. Short, short blonde guy. Yeah, because because Don Marie was getting all over him because he had when he had rolled off, pulled her off, and mm-hmm. that was He's fun. A, yeah, yeah. But, that was uh, fun. You know what was not fun was RVD's impression of uh, Ric Flair, whether it was mocking him or not, what have you. It, wasn't. it just wasn't. You didn't it like seemed, it. It seemed it seemed very odd to me. This whole. RVD and Flair thing, we guess we could call it. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't... It just felt flat, it fell flat for me. And and it's nothing against them personally. It might have just been who was... For uh, whatever reason, I wasn't... I wasn't aware. I don't remember. I did not watch this 20 years ago. I don't... Yeah, I don't remember I may either. have been... I had something going on, I guess, that wrestling wasn't as important in 2002. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really... The 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 build up packages were were really helping me out a lot, and I could see where Flair was inter, interfering a lot for Triple H with Rob Van Dam, and right. but but when Flair came out, he looked good, mm-hmm. so you can tell that Flair got himself back into shape because previous to this, he was wearing T-shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, Flair Flair's confidence was shot, and he'd let himself go physically. Yeah. And he he looked. I mean, twenty years ago, the the old man looked good. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, that was fifty fifty two, fifty three year old Flair. Yeah, but and, still, just just that in general, you know. You're I mean, he took that robe time. off, and he was back in shape. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have noticed this twenty years ago, but RVD was being very careful with Flair. He wasn't stiffening. You know, yeah. Van Dam's notorious for sti- for working stiff. Right. And his uh, forearms seemed like he was really going out of his way to take care of Flair. But I think it was just that 
2002 is that mutual respect that he would that Flair would get from a lot of these competitors, whomever. Yeah, he was wrestling, uh, and I think you know RVD had the respect for the business. You know, along the lines, whether you were a part of WCW, ECW, WWF, whatever, you had mutual respect for Flair, and they oh. and people still do. Don't get me wrong, but I think RVD went the extra mile to take care of him to yeah. the point where. RVD didn't look exposed to me in the past like he did in that sure. one. Yeah. I'm not criticizing him. I mean, that's it's not. I mean, it's supposed to be, but I mean, he. It seemed like RVD was working differently than he normally does. Yeah. And, and do you think it was might have something was said backstage to him, whether it was the producer for the match or Vince or somebody saying, "Hey, take care. You know, be careful out there," kind of thing. No, I think he, I think it was respect for Flair more than anything. Yeah. I'm sure that's that. what it was because. Yeah. I'm sure they were telling him quit hurting people. Well, right. And it's just like, and I think it, in 2002, it's a lot of these guys. I think that was that transition time, 2002. We had well, he guys was like lighting Lesner. them up with those kicks, too. Right, right. But it was I like, mean, we were hearing that in the dirt up. sheets. Whether it was true or not, I don't know. But, but, you still but I mean, he was busting people open with them. Right, right. But you had guys, you had Eddie over there still that, you know, they could have bang up. They, and they did. RVD and Eddie had bang up matches in this era. But you had the younger guys that were coming into the promotion and are coming up, whether it be from OVW or FCW, whatever. And then ultimately, um, Rick, Rick got screwed in this match. Yeah. Because his shoulder yeah. was up. His shoulder was up when the three count was made. Yeah. Referee was out of position. He couldn't see it. But yeah. when RVD rolled him up, you know how sometimes he tried to move and get that extra roll into sure. it? Sure, sure. Yeah, when he did that, he rolled him up after two, and Flair's shoulder was up for the three. Yeah. The camera yeah. angle. And if the camera angle wouldn't have moved, and they didn't say anything about it, so I mean, it wasn't part of it was part supposed to. Deal. I mean, it was just yeah. a bad camera angle exposed that Flair's shoulder was up on the three. Yeah, you know, Flair. Or, excuse me, RVD wins with a five star frog splashes. He usually does two and a half, two stars from Uncle Dave. So all in all, not a terrible match. Um, no, I, I, I liked it. I, I think it, it was a decent match. I, it just, it just like I said, it fell flat for me. Just it's like okay, well, kind of contract, contract. Excuse me contrasting things as far as wrestling goes flair still did a lot of the classics like he always has done in the you know, thumb to the, the eye flop. you knew it was coming to the begging yeah. off and yeah but that's the flair thing that's what every you watch a flair match you expect that type of thing and you and, just player in the game exactly um but i wanted before we get to our next match here, another title match i wanted to talk about this this interview in between to set up the match was uh big show stephanie and, and eric bischoff backstage and big show's really you know, giving it to to Stephanie and Bischoff saying he's not on this on this card. He's the biggest athlete in the business. Why is he not on the card? And a lot of the things that I took away from this, I don't know about what you did, Dave. Was this themed a lot like a WCW thing? Like an old school WCW promo with show and Bischoff. Did you get yeah. that vibe? Kinda, kinda, and not, I, not so well, much with the, not so much with Stephanie, but after Stephanie left and Eric, yeah, and he well, went at it. I'm gonna be honest. I saw the food trays and I started giggling about catering. <laughs> it makes sense though. But when he when Big Show grabbed Bischoff and picked him, I mean, he literally lifted him up. I mean, yeah. Bischoff's feet were off the ground, and Show did it with such ease. 
Well, he well, yeah. If he lifts anybody like that, it's always with ease. But but now I I but I, I got I, all over myself with the catering when I saw the oh, the food far. racks. But I did, this was one of my favorite one of my favorite promos or interviews backstage from this card, and I just wanted to address that. But uh, next match here is a cruiserweight match. I think this era of the cruiserweights were probably my favorites as far as in the WWE goes. You had Jamie Noble taking on Tajiri. Uh, Jamie Noble's flaked by uh, girlfriend, wife, whatever, Nydia. Um, two of the better workers in the at minds in the business. Uh, Noble being a producer now with WWE and Tajiri, just one of the greater greatest cruiserweights. We're going back to his uh, days in ECW. Um, and I like Joe. I always like Jamie Noble with Nydia. Oh, by far. And it, it just, and, they work so well together because... Well, the finish. Yeah. The finish looked great. Oh, that was by far. And, you know, I had to get it in here, too, where Nydia kisses Hebner. And I had, I actually, when I was doing the research for this, Dave, I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to him. And I said, so uh, was this part of the, uh, the, the the match or would she just do this uh, uh, just willy-nilly? She's like, he's like, well... Wasn't the first time, wasn't the last time, kid. So I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I used to when I was training with Lance with Lance Archer, uh-huh. and he was on Impact with Christy Hemi, and he'd come when he'd come back and he'd work out with us. I'd, I'd tell him, you know, your life must suck that your job is to make out with Christy Hemi every week. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, and she, she's still part of Impact too. She's behind the scenes. Yeah. So. Um, but Tajiri goes for the uh, for the Hurricane and Nidia grab Noble to keep uh, keep the balance, and uh, you know, Noble ends up landing on top of uh, Tajiri for the pin. All in all, these two would go back and forth for the better part of this year and next year, just over this cruiserweight title. And you think they just work so well together because I I'm trying to remember if they ever ran into each other before this. And I don't think so because I think they've always been an opposite branch previous to this because Noble was part of WCW and Tajiri's part of ECW. And uh, this is, I'm pretty sure their first run. I don't think Jamie Noble gets enough credit for how good he was. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. still behind the scenes in WWE, but right. But, but I mean, when you start talking about cruiserweights, a lot of times, of course, the WCW cruiserweights will get mentioned with Ultimo Dragon, Hooventude, mm-hmm. Ray. But even in WWE, we'll think about Gregory Helms, who I would, you know, put right up there as the, one of the top cruiserweights of all time. Jamie Noble seems to get lost in the in the shuffle, and, and his matches were always good, always solid. He was great at WCW. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't one of the ones they pushed to the moon. But he was, I, I'm trying to remember, was the part, I think it was the Young Dragons he was part of there in WCW towards the end there. Yeah. And I always, you know, going back and watching, it's like, holy crap, that's Jamie Noble. And I had actually pointed out to somebody before about it. I said, look at this match with the Young Dragons. And that's Jamie Noble under a hood. Yeah. I like Jamie by God Noble. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this, this era of Noble, I absolutely loved. I and, think this was his, when he did his best work, and then obviously he would come in and be part of J and J Security there for the the um, the authority later on too. And, but and Nid- him and Nidia together, and they were it I, worked. I it was like it. it's like peas and carrots. 
and ah, and <laughs> those Daisy Duke short, those Daisy Duke shorts. Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. Yeah, I I I was gonna have a question, but I didn't want to put the the. Oh, you know what? Screw it. Did you ever pair Daisy Dukes? And to this day, do you still wear them? Hell no. I don't know why that popped in my head, Dave. I don't know why. Why would but... I wear Daisy Duke shorts? Hey, I don't know. You know, Stephanie gets you know gets mad or something. Maybe she digs the Daisy Dukes. I don't know. You get there and the you know the, I don't know. This this can't go anywhere good. I never. I mean, they weren't what we would call Daisy Dukes. Now I do come from an era where we our we, when our blue jeans started wearing out, they were cut off jeans. Well, right. Oh, a little frayed. And, and on I the did body. own cut, cut. and I did own jorts. But, you know. Can we still get you in a pair of jorts? I think I still have them. I think I still have a pair. Top Guy weekend next year. Wherever it is, we have to wear the jorts. Well, it can't. Because nobody would get the joke that they're jorts. It'd just be like, oh, look at Super Dave. He's playing John Cena cosplay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. We, we, but we can't see you, though, I Dave. Think, I John Cena wearing jorts to the ring probably is what made me quit wearing jorts. Yeah, because it came, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, there. I mean, the only thing I wear now that people make fun of, as far as shorts go, or I wear cargo shorts. Well, I, well. But I work well, I in them because I need the pockets. Well, right, yeah. And I'm sure I mean, that's I why had, I work I in them. Yeah. I do uh, it just I can wear shorts to work, so. Yeah. I wear cargo pants for work, but that's But I carry. Me. I have to carry a big. I carry an iPhone. They, I think it's a, it, iPhone ten is what they we use and. Oh, to like scan and so, stuff or whatever. So I'm one pocket. I've got my personal cell phone, and then on my side pocket, I've got my iPhone, and then. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just. Yeah, much of the same for our. Stuff it's just. Too. The, I mean, it's actual practicality, and yeah. I don't wear a fanny pack. We all wish we all could. Anyway, so moving on, um, one of my other backstage segments that I liked during this pay-per-view was this next one here with Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Benoit tells Eddie that Angle was beating up Chavo in a room, and Eddie didn't believe it, so he opens the door and outruns Chavo. Do I think I loved it that these four Chavo doesn't sound like a little girl, <laughs> and then he comes out and it's like <laughs> yes, but these four, you know. We're not. I, we know what ends up happening. The whole Benoit thing. We're not going to get into it. But as far as in ring work, out of ring work, wrestling work, for the best minds ever. Yes. Um, it, you know, and we, you know, Angle, one of one of my favorites of all time. That's that's by no surprise to a lot of people that are listening now. But the combination of these four, whether it be singles, whether it be tag, whether it be multiple person matches, shit got over, man. And they work so well together. Basically from 2002 here. So for the better part, until obviously the untimely death of Eddie in 2005, you know, Kurt has been on record saying that Eddie and Chris have two of his better rivalries of all time. And he threw Chavo in there and they, and it just made it better. I think. Uh, yeah, but 
a match I've got coming up next is a unification match for the IC title and the word ti- world title. Excuse me. Uh, Kane is your intercontinental champion. Triple H is your world heavyweight champion. Going into this, it's just like, did you really honestly think it was the believability there that Kane was going to beat Triple H? No. I, I, no. I didn't think so either. And I, I, and honestly, I think they worked well together. I wish they would have had you know a little bit longer of a feud here. But it, it, there was no way that that Kane was going to beat Triple H at, at this time anyway. I never believed anybody was going to beat Triple H at this point. No. But do you think do you think Kane should have won? You know, kind of throw it for a loop just to kind of lose it down the road? Not the unification. I mean, no. It went the no, way it was supposed so? to in the unification. Yeah. Do you you know, Brad Stanton brings up a couple good points here. Is do you think um unifying the world with the Intercontinental Championship, do you agree with it? Sounds stupid that it sounded I mean, I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. That they did that. I mean, they've they they unified the hardcore and the um European? Was it the European that they unified it with? No. The hardcore and the European? No, they did the hardcore and the intercontinental, didn't they? Oh, I think that was during the, um, oh shit, the, the, um, a year ago previous to this. They had done the, the hardcore. The invasion. With, yeah, because they, RVD. They unified, the, they unified the hardcore. Yeah, that was telegraphing. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is it didn't make sense then. Then, then this didn't make sense here, yeah. And also, we're unifying titles, but we're separating the tags. It doesn't make... And WWE was not known to be a, a tag team territory. I mean, Especially if in this era. If, if AEW, which I'm surprised they don't, if AEW was going to have Rampage tag team champions and Dynamite tag team champions, you have enough tag teams to warrant two tag team ta- championships. Yeah. Because, you know what I'm saying, but in WWE, tag teams were not a focus. Right. They were mo- mostly hodgepodge teams put together. Booker T and so, Booker T and Goldust being one. It didn't of them. make any sense to separate yeah. that you were going to do that. Yeah, and I but mean, you, I guess you'd already done it with the world and the and the and the WWE and, and the WWE, but being on different brands, yeah. But but this just just seemed like didn't I don't seem right. I don't I don't get it. The unification. I mean, no. I mean, short answer is. It made about as much sense as tits on a boar hog. I'm 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 not gonna sell that any more than it should, but just try to get that mental picture and try to go to sleep later, or maybe maybe it will put you to sleep later. I don't know. Anyways, we're gonna move on from that. Um, <laughs> you know, he also mentions. Do you think that the IC title should always be there? Yes. Do you, yeah. Do, yeah. Do you think I it was mean, just it... a matter of being something different? I mean, well, it's a mid it's a mid card title for the. I mean, they did a really nice package about it after twenty three years, but yeah. I mean, but it would eventually it'd be brought back. Yeah, but, but it's just I mean, like it why never did gone you away? It's, yeah, but exactly. Why did you take it away to begin with? I mean, yeah, it's I reminiscent. To, I can. I, I mean. 
it's kind of like I can understand how a kid would feel if their parents were getting divorced, mm-hmm. and they didn't they didn't never saw any problems between them. Like, right. Why is this going? Why are we doing this? Why are you yeah. leaving? Why are you yeah. leaving? It's like the IC title. You compare. Yeah, I get. Yeah. I get that. I mean, analogy. It, yeah. Because the IC title was so WWE. I mean, I could see we're not going to have the United States title. Right. Because it, it wasn't a, a right. it wasn't a WWE thing. Right. I mean, let's get rid of the big gold belt. It's what the WWE thing. Yeah. But we're right. here in the IC title. Makes no sense. No sense. I mean, you just, that was not, I don't understand the mindset of it. It, maybe one of these days they'll do another Ask Bruce and I'll ask him, what's, what up with that? What's up with that? Bring up the hurricane. Yeah. Um, but two and three quarter matches, or two and three quarter matches. There you go. Two and three quarter stars. Um, Triple H goes over, wins both, obviously. And then uh, we go to this next segment here, man. All I have to say about this next one with Tracy is, oh my God, 2001 booking. We saw the same shit with the whole thing with Don and Tori and Al. This is no, this is like, this goes up to that too. I, 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 I get it where Heyman wants to, you know, throw it there at Undertaker. I get that, but it just didn't make it didn't make sense. I don't know what uh, how you felt about it, but I thought it was well. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like that type of storyline that involves. I mean, a man's got a pregnant wife, right? And I don't know. I didn't make sense. Um, but you know, Coleman. It it it's too it it seemed really wrong with the Undertaker. We've humanized the Undertaker to a right. high, I mean, it's just really bothered me with the Undertaker character. Yeah, I don't know who that woman was. I don't recognize her. I don't really believe I've ever seen her again. I don't think so either. I don't think we if saw anybody her knows. Tweet me and educate me. Yeah, because I don't remember either. To be honest with you, and. um I mean, I could throw it in Google, but I don't want to. <laughs> Makes sense. Unless um, I need to Google and check images. In that case, then, tweet me and tell me. Oh, there. Uh, but the uh, power of the water Or at poundwaterdave at yahoo.com. Just send me the link. Yeah, that too. Uh, but, you know, arguably the best match on the card is up next, Dave. You got the SmackDown title, tag team title match between Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit taking on Rey Mysterio and Edge. Another group of four people. I know I talked about Eddie and Chavo and against these two. Another set of tag or guys, Ray and Eddie, or excuse me, Ray and Edge, really worked well together with these guys. Um, obviously, we'd see it later on, too, in uh, another couple years in Survivor Series. Um, but, dude... How good were these four together? Seriously. It's great. It was it stole the show. It was a good match. Well, this was I believe Uncle Dave gave this four and three quarter stars. Legitimately, if you go by the star rating, obviously very subjective as we talked about before. The best match on the card. But just the combination of Kurt and Benoit, are they the most technically sound tag teams of all time? Devin Dowling brings that up. Probably. I can't. I couldn't think of anybody else that really, I mean, un, unless unless you consider unless you can consider Chavo and Eddie. But that was really more of 
You want a little controversy on Ringside Ramp? Sure, why not? Chris Benoit is probably the biggest piece of shit in history to ever wrestle. It ended up being the biggest piece of shit ever. Because what he did, no matter what the reason is, is he did. And yeah, he had a choice. He had a choice. But the other two people in that house did not have a choice. That being said, I ain't taking nothing away with what the man actually did inside those ring ropes. And he's probably one of the best to ever do it. Right. Right. I'm not going to excuse him because he got hit, knocked in the head. And all that other shit. And I don't care. I don't give a fuck what caused it. At the end of the day, only one person in that house had a choice of what happened. Right. And it was Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm pro Nancy. I'm pro Daniel right. in that situation. And so, fuck him. Fuck him. I hope he's burning in hell for it. There you go. Well, we're going to see. But that I'm not ever not going to say that. But I, I'm definitely not in the camp is that we should never see from, see or hear from him again. Because what he did inside that ring, he's one of the best to ever do it. Right. So, right. and this, I just, I get, I don't think we need a disclaimer every time that Chris Benoit comes up. Because, yeah, we all know how it ended. Mm-hmm. And we all know what it was. Right. And I'm not giving him a pass because he did a hell of a diving headbutt. Right. Well, neither am I. Neither am I. So, I mean, and I wasn't saying you were. Right, right, right. I get it. You're good. But I don't feel like the constant disclaimer. I'm not going to excuse. I mean, he's a great wrestler. He was a great wrestler. And, you know, I just, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just saying that. That's my like, no, that's no. my rings that's my ringside rant today. Yeah. About the crippler. A, about the crippler. It's not that it's not that cloudy at, out, Dave. It's pretty sunny, so you're gonna have to bark at the clouds, but I get it. I get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying. But you we're still gonna see we're gonna see Angle and Benoit go over. Um and we're going to uh see Edge tap out to the ankle lock. Uh to uh, Kurt Angle win the tag be the first ta- SmackDown tag team champions. Um, but like I said, it's just a good chemistry between both teams, individuals and the four of them in general. Um, we're going to see, uh, undertaker backstage with the trainer and the doc gives him one of the sh- quote unquote shots. That really, really, really like mm. that was so cringe worthy. Yeah, cringeworthy. Like, my God, you would not even consider that today. Yeah. And, and and keep in mind, this is, you know, you hear a lot of people, you know, Brody Lee going back to the days of him. This is Larry. For anybody that has ever heard of Trainer Larry, this is Trainer Larry. To keep that in mind. So give a little context to that. But, Man. yeah, definitely cringeworthy. And it's not because I can't, I can't see somebody getting injected. It was that Just he the got the. It. I, mean, the, but, I mean, that was common. Happening? But that was common. You know, they didn't even talk about it on football. He gave him a shot and put him back out there. Right. Get those quarter zone shots in your leg or whatever and shoulder, whatever you get back in the game. And and and, and in 2022, I'm going to tell you, I'm a huge, huge fan of the quarter zone and the steroid shot. Yeah. I mean, when I go to the doctor, they said, you want a steroid shot? Yes. Yeah. 
Because I may have been there for one reason, but I know that, I mean, when I get a steroid shot, my aches and my everyday aches and pains from being an old man is I'm not going to film for a couple of days. Right. But the thing is, though, too, I've always gotten one for uh, I've gotten one before for my in my left hip because I got my like I have limited feeling in my leg, my left leg for my knee to my hip and my left leg by my quad. And I got like I get terrible, terrible back pain. I get bursitis in my lower back and it just. No, I'm sure you can relate, Dave. It just knocks you out and just yeah, knocks you, you down. You can't do shit. Yeah, and you and, and you can't take those shots all the time. Oh no, you can't. No, you so, can't. So, but when but when it's time and you can get one, hell yeah, shoot I it mean, up, man. But I mean, to, I, and I, I'm not. I'm being, tra- for- I'm being treated for plantar fasciitis right now. My X-ray came back, and that at the bottom of your foot, there's a curve. Right. And between that ligament or tendon, whatever. There's supposed to be a space between there. Right. And mine is so swollen. That it isn't space? That there's no space. Ooh. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm having to stretch. But he got, she gave me a shot. They wrapped my foot and she shot me in the heel directly into it. And this is probably, this has been almost two weeks. Not, no pain? Very little. Yeah. It's still there, but. Not debilitating. Can, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm aware that it's there. Mm-hmm. But with the stretches and stuff, I mean, it's getting better. Well, it's the same thing with my back. But what I'm I saying have... is, is that a steroid pack? Yeah. This has probably been the best two weeks. This has been the best two weeks I've had in a long time. Can't feel it, but uh, you know, we'll get to our main event here. We got a couple segments here in a match. We got Victoria taking on the women's champion Trish Stratus. Uncle Dave didn't like this, but I'm pretty sure that this was the first big women's rivalry for Trish and Victoria, I believe, because we'd see it in a couple more years when they had their match or Survivor Series in New York City. Um, but I think they it was what it was, man. Man, I'm going to... Victoria was different okay victoria struck me as more of a wrestling competitor Mm -hmm. than an athletic 10 she wasn't a trained she wasn't a trained fitness model per se Mm -hmm. she struck me more as a competitor you know what i'm saying yeah no i know what you mean and i'm sure she probably competed fitness wise too but I didn't see her as she wasn't like Tori. Trish was, you know, we know Trish came from fitness modeling, mm-hmm. but we had Stacy Keebler, we had Tori Wilson. It was different. It was different. I mean, we kind of knew they took models and taught them how to wrestle. Right. Victoria struck me. Whether, I mean, with no knowledge of her background or anything, she came in and I saw her to be competitive. I mean, I, th- I saw her as a wrestling, com- a very attractive, well put together wrestling competitor. Right. I mean, she definitely was a diva, but I felt like, you know, along the lines of China that she could whoop ass. Right. Right. But I, I don't think she gets the just do. 
either for this time frame between 2002 to whenever she left and went to TNA. But as one of the better in-ring women's wrestlers. I and thought so. I, I, I personally thought so. I thought she stood out. I thought she was a different level. I thought she, I mean, I, I think when I say one of these things doesn't look like the other, I don't mean that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like she was very credible in the ring. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, she had a good run there in TNA, too, when she went over there. But I just, you don't, she gets lost in the shuffle like when you think of women's wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she gets Lita. lost in the shuffle, I think, in this I era. I, th- I knew Lita came in with Lucha, with the right. Lucha background. And, yeah. and, you know, there was a difference. Right. But I mean, I, I would I'd say the same thing about Medusa. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Medusa was a Medusa was a wrestler with a model gimmick. Right. And most of your opposite. most of your divas at this time were models with a models and valets. Right. They became wrestlers. Right. I mean, it's like ladies, y'all aren't just going to stand out at ringside anymore. Y'all going to get in there and mix it up. No, exactly. And they taught them how to wrestle, and some of them did better than others. Trish Strat- Trish is considered one of the greatest to do it. Right. Right. I mean, but at that time, she she emerged as, and she took it very seriously. She learned her craft. Mm-hmm. No, she, but she, yeah, later she saw the rain and lost. She really took it seriously. And one of those people that really deserves to be, you know, be in the Hall of Fame for what, you know, however you. Oh, definitely, definitely, it, definitely. But, yeah. but, but, but she, she's not in the top five because of the women's revolution. Right. Right. No, 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 I get that. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 I agree with you 100%. I, I, like I said, she gets overlooked quite a bit on, on her contributions to the business. Right. Um, because of the era she was in. If she was, she but came in the same two, way. Three, two years, two or three years later, then I think it would have been a different, uh, different uh, discussion. I mean, Medusa would be right there in the, in the conversation for me, but look who she had to work with. Nobody. Right, exactly. You, you you implant her in this era or a little bit in the women's revolution? Holy shit. I mean, yeah. If Medusa, if, if, if 19, early 1990s Medusa showed up in 2015. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Holy shit. Well, you know, take a number and what, let's see the, let's see him do the work, you know? She, I mean, she was way, be, she was way before herself. And if you don't believe her, ask her. Just, if you don't believe me, ask her. She'll tell you. Yeah. No, and, and you can say the same thing about Victoria, too. Yeah, I mean exactly. I, but uh, no, we just definitely should have gotten. You know, she got to just do later on, I believe. But um, you know, up it's main event time here, Dave, and it's for the undisputed title. You know, we got Brock Lesnar coming in as your champion, taking on the Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. Do I don't remember? I went back and watched this just like you, Dave. I watched it a couple times. And watch this match more so than the rest of it. And I didn't remember how good this match actually was as far as work, as far as storytelling. We saw, we even saw fucking Paul Heyman get busted open. Yeah. Holy shit. And I think. Well, Paul Heyman looks so much different 20 years ago. We had hair. Well, sort of. Uh, <laughs> Skullet. But- yeah, there you go, the skullet. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll work on that, Dave. Maybe Top Guy Week, I'll work on the skullet. No, my wife won't let that happen. Um, Mine either. 
Yeah, but you got a nice head of hair there, there though, Dave. Well, but okay, compared to me, compared to me. <laughs> uh, but do you think with Paul Heyman getting busted open, do you think that was the right, you know, storytelling wise? Think it was yeah, a good they idea. Were screwing, they were screwing with the Undertaker so bad. I mean, occasionally you have to get yours. Yeah. All right. I mean, the manager eventually has to, and I mean, this was beyond personal. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm. But, that mask of blood that the Undertaker had was just bleeds my buckets. God. Buckets. And we wouldn't see anything like that until we saw the Eddie and JBL feud there in 2004. Yeah. Uh, whether you'd see that again, where Eddie would get, get, uh, he gimmicked himself too much. But, uh, but Brock Lesnar, God almighty, he's always been impressive. It's just unreal. It, it doesn't surprise surprise me anyways i don't know about you that how how good he was then and now even 20 years after the fact he's so believable. He's just kept, believable he, well, exactly. is... that's half a thing and it's just you don't realize how good he you know keep it in shape for as as old as he is now to then it's like holy shit he still can he can still go with everybody and i didn't like that belt at the time when they debuted oh, it, the undisputed one. Yeah, right. I didn't like I didn't it either. then, but it's great. I, I, I love it now. And it's that, that image of that image of Brock Lesnar wearing that thing mm. coming down the ramp. Oh yeah, you believed it. You believed he was a badass, and you still do. And oh yeah, definitely. And my wife kind of cracked cracked me up. She said, "How many times did he defend that title back then? Like three? And I was like, no, he was on TV all the time. No, he was. But he, he, he was. Th- he was into everything back then. He was all over, though. He was all over SmackDown. But he, Lesnar, this feud, the Undertaker and uh, um, Lesnar feud, put SmackDown on the map. I think. In in this era, anyways, I don't mean in general. I mean in this era. But but you where, look at you look at the machine that was behind Brock Lesnar. I mean. He didn't do it by himself. Heyman had the Undertaker, but the Undertaker put him over on SmackDown with the whole the the, the wrist thing. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Yep, he beat Hogan clean. Yep, and busted him up on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I believe he beat Ric Flair on SmackDown. He was but, either that or he was either that or Raw. But he did put him, but he did put him or got go over but, him, but, yeah. But I I distinctly remember the Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Oh, so do I. Yeah, yeah. And when, and you know, for all the criticism Hogan gets, doesn't work losing for me, clean, brother. Losing clean, to, the Rock lost to him. Well, everybody, that's how he won the title. But that's how he won the title. Everybody put over Brock Lesnar, and rightfully so. But I mean, he becomes the beast that he is because. In the legends, the le- yeah. the legends, unselfishly. I mean, it, he didn't slip on a banana peel and get a pinfall on Hogan. He beat right. the compound dog shit out of Hogan. Oh, oh he beat yeah, the compound definitely. dog shit out of Undertaker. Yeah, and he beat the guy. I mean, everybody. And but back and, then, and, it was unheard of for those guys publicly. I mean, I mean, because that's always been the knock on Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, but. But but that I mean but Hulk Hogan, I'd, I'd love to know how Brock felt about that. Did he feel like it was a big deal for Hogan to do that for him? I, th- 
I would think he would because he has enough respect for the business. I think, and I, I don't know firsthand. Don't get me wrong. I haven't seen. No, anything I'm just saying that, that, that yeah. if I had the opportunity to ask Brock Lesnar questions. Yeah. I would ask him at that time with The Undertaker putting you over and Hulk Hogan putting you over and putting you over strong. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like somebody heard about it from a house show. Mm-hmm. It was on network television. Yeah. Coming soon to ad-free shows in 2026, here comes the pain with Conrad Thompson and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> uh, I'm, hey, you never know. Never say never. Um, no. You but might... I, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I never put anything past Conrad. I'm trademarking that now for anybody that listens to this three, and, four years after the fact. I came up with it first. Um, and, I'm joking. And, and also, guys, I'm, I'm going to encourage y'all. I'm, I mean, he brought him up. So the the new series, The Book, on ad-free shows, I would mm-hmm. join ad-free shows just to watch that. It comes because, out tomorrow, right, as yeah, we're recording? He, he, he has access to – and I've, I've seen these books because I've been to the house and I've looked at them. I mean, if I tell you, I, I took pictures of pages. So if I tell you that this was the numbers from a show, I, I got, I know that I got you it know. out of Fritz. I got it out of Fritz von Erich's day planner. Yeah. So yeah. he's got David Manning, and they're going to talk about the booking. And it's got the card. It's got the payouts. It's got the we house. Saw, yeah. We saw the promo video online. In his own handwriting. These are so cool. Bruce has. Bruce used bigger books. Right. Bruce the used thicker, the thicker ones. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not real thick, but they're like ledgers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bruce Bruce had volumes and volumes. So, just the fact that it, we can go back and look at wrestling from a different viewpoint in their handwriting, their handwriting, their numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that to me, this I'm more excited about this. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, with my, I don't know if you might not think it's a big deal. But from somebody that's had the opportunity to thumb through and read those read those books, and I've actually been in the room with Bruce and said, "Hey, Bruce, tell me about this." Before and go, yeah, that is to me. This is going to cool. be such a different, different, yeah. different take. And I almost hate that it's not going to be out in the free feed because right. it could be so successful. Pull them in, join now, join but. for free. Join free or not free? Join now for only nine dollars a month at adfreeshows.com. Oh uh, no, I think you got to be at the twenty nine dollar level. Is it twenty nine? Thirty nine. Book uh, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay, twenty nine. But still, it's the, worth it. It's I worth it. I think the book's only going to be available twenty nine and up. Um, okay, I I miss miss misspoke. I apologize. But but um, I mean the content. But yeah, even twenty even the content alone for twenty nine dollars a month. Holy crap! Hey, and crap, I don't get can, anything. I don't get for anything take, from for, for, for a tank for a tank of gas, you could listen to this and watch this stuff. For a tank of gas, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not on the ad free pay. I'm not on the ad free payroll. Right. Neither uh, am I. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, because everybody knows I was on the Sad News Bears. I never got. I'm, I'm Conrad's friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my. That's, you know, Conrad asked me to come over and hey, you know my my. I mean. If Conrad needed to move and he wanted guys to come help move, I, I'm a friend. I'm gonna be there to help him. Right. So I mean, that's why I'm telling you. Yeah. No. No. I get that. And I think because is I that's something too. If you are part of AFS and you are gonna w- take this in, I would highly suggest you watch it instead of listening to it. Because um, I'm sure they'd. Ha- I'm, I would assume they'd have a YouTube feed for it as well. I would. I would assume. Oh, they, there's gonna be video. There's video version. There would preview of it with him and David Manning. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you said okay. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I mean, 
I mean, if you were watching me and RJ right now, all you're going to get is a Zoom picture of two screens. Mm-hmm. But, like, Title Chase, the book. They produced it. Yeah, they produced it. I mean, it there's a lot us. of post-production where they're going to insert things. I mean, yeah. it's going to be like watching a show on the WWE Network. It's going to be a show like I'm watching on A&E or any other network. Yeah. This last yeah. episode of Title Chase was produced. I mean, I'd put, I mean, we're talking ESPN 30 for 30 quality. So, oh, by far, without question. Uh, if you so bought one month, if you bought one month of it, this is the month to do it. I would, I, I, if you bought one month of it, I would be willing to bet you that you would buy more than one month of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean AFS, you mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get what you mean. Uh, but uh, we are going to see Lesnar retain here as. Uh, we see Lesnar reverse the uh, tombstone into a brutal F5 and covers him for the one, two, three. Do you think, and we'll, we'll end on this, we'll go over to rivalries after this, but do you think Lesnar going over clean, as clean as you can be in a Hell in a Cell match? There's no clean in the Hell in a Cell. Right, but as far as a pinfall, I mean, he beat the living shit out of him with the stairs, everything, loss of everything. blood, loss of blood. Hand is not the hand wasn't a hundred percent, right? So I mean, but yeah, seeing Undertaker lose a hell in a cell was a big deal. Yeah, but it, I think he when he loses in hell in a cell, it meant something. When Undertaker loses in general it meant something and here it's a reason that we speak of brock lesnar in the same breath that we speak of the undertaker because undertaker put him over i mean if somebody was to include brock lesnar on their mount rushmore it would be a it would be a credible claim it would make it makes sense uh brock brock lesnar even though he left even though he left but let's look at Brock Lesnar after he left. He went to he went to the, he went to New Japan and became the IWGP champion. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah, no, that is that, a big that, deal. That, that, that's a big deal. He went to the he went to the UFC and became the heavyweight champion of the world. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I mean, that's a legit. He's a legitimate badass. Right. He came back to WWE. He ended the Undertaker streak. Whether he should have or not, that's either here or there. It happened. And he has been dominant for the last 10 years since he's come back. Mm-hmm. So. He deserves to be up there. He, he deserves to be up there. He deserves to be in the conversation when you talk about we, that stuff. I have, I have today on this episode mentioned all these moments that make Brock Lesnar. He's not an outsider, guys. Right. I mean. Not anymore, he's not. He was in Ohio Valley. He came up with Cena. He came, he came yeah. up with Batista. He came up with Shelton Benjamin. Orton. He he drove. He was driving the ring truck. Mm-hmm. He drove the fucking ring truck. He did everything. Dude, he 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 paid his dues in this business. He deserves he deserves to be up there in the he conversation. He kind of screwed him, and he kind of screwed him on his way out, announcing his retirement before his main event with I mean before his match with Goldberg, because mm-hmm. he wanted to go play football. But it wasn't like he couldn't play football. Right. He, he can do whatever the hell he it. wants. 
Uh, and when Brock Lesnar comes out, he's believable. Yeah. That's, there was nothing unbelievable about, about him kicking Bobby Lashley's ass a couple weeks ago. I can't wait to see this match with him and Bobby at Crown Jewel. This, this is a match that should have happened, and now, now Vince is gone. We're getting it. Yeah. God bless Triple H for giving us what we want. This is a match that should have happened uh, 10 years ago. Triple H is not coming out and saying we made mistakes. He's just fixing them. Yeah, he's right. Look at LA Knight. Look at LA Knight. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't go back to calling me Eli Drake, but he, he, he got that male model crap out of there. Yeah. And brought back L.A. Knight that works. Let me talk to you. <laughs> I think, but he's, for whatever he lacks in ring, L.A. Knight that is. Yeah. And he doesn't lack a lot. He makes up for it in his promos. Oh, heck, yeah. And I'm not I saying, wouldn't even know. I, would, I, would, I couldn't tell you what my favorite L.A. Knight match is. I couldn't but he's either. One of the, but he was a positive part of the N.W.A., presentation mm -hmm. we even go back and watch his eli eli Drake things in tna yes that's good but stuff I, I know who he is because of it because eli drake he's very good at what he does but yeah. i couldn't tell you what my favorite eli drake match is what my favorite la night match is and the favorite thing i ever saw the maximum male model thing do is when he when he slapped the taste out of that guy's mouth for doing the, the pose backstage trying to set mm -hmm. a record yeah that's that's but, that, and i mean that got me excited that I'm I'm happy to see where W I'm I'm a, I'm a WWE fan again because of what's going on. Oh, right me now. too, me too. I, I couldn't tell you the last time that I actually watched a decent amount of Raw and SmackDown in the same week, like I did this the last few weeks. But you know, and uh, we'll get to our rivalries. I just want to bring this up real quick, Dave. Okay, is something that I want Triple H and I know he's not listening. And I know nobody just even close to him is listening, but. You said right the wrongs. I want them to right the wrong with Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode deserves to have a run in the WWE, whether it be mid-card or not, but he definitely deserves to have a heavyweight title run before he's done. The work that he did in TNA towards the end there, Kurt Angle's put him over on his show. You know, and I think he deserves to have, whether it's a short run or not, he deserves to be at least in the consideration. I think. I'm assuming that you, with your reaction there, you don't feel the same way. I love Bobby Roode. Okay. I love Bobby Roode. Um, who's he going to beat? Well, I, 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 I think that they would need to one split these titles or have one title whatever heavyweight title that is but they i think they need them. to get it off if of roman they split them and he was one of the brand champions i would i it's believable then he's not man i don't want to sound like i'm knocking on bobby Roode because i'm not he's not going to beat roman he's not I, who's going to beat roman cody If you build that up the right way, but why? That's in your mind, that, but that's the only. That, that's the only. But in guy your that mind, and no disrespect to Cody Rhodes. Yeah. But why? Why is Cody Rhodes going to beat Roman? Because he because he's the first guy that walked out on AEW <clears> and went back to WWE. Could be. I'm, 
<coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I, don't I don't know. See it? I don't. I get it. I'm not. I, it's not like I'm not a fan of Cody. Or how about this? But Rock comes back, beats Roman. It's believable. And then Cody comes in and beats Rock. So technically, oh, you said Rock, not Brock. Rock. Well, that well, even Brock too. Man, Rock doesn't need to beat Roman. He doesn't need it, but Brock could. I mean, if Logan Paul beats Roman, <laughs> if if Logan Paul beats Roman with the storytelling, I get it. I yeah. get it. Dude, that freaking internet's going to melt. <laughs> and I don't hate it. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't hate it. Right. I'm not pulling for it, but I don't hate it. Sure. But right now, Roman's been champion for so long, but who's going to beat him? Who's on the roster? Who's on the roster that you look at? And it's no disrespect to him. So I don't want to see him split the titles back. I think there should be one champion. I think he should be a traveling champion. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like how that Roman doesn't travel from both shows and and get in the ring more. Uh, I don't. Uh, and Logan I, Paul is going to be a transitional champion, and Roman will probably get it back from him if he does who, drop it. But, do you see? Do you see somebody like a um, like a when he comes back from injury? Do you see a guy like Randy Orton beating him? Yes. Yes, I think Randy, Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton was primed to beat him when he got hurt. And then you, then you could go there too of having Cody have a program with Cody and Randy. That's to better. get Cody to get it. Yeah, but it's all a what if and all I that think, stuff. And if you would have had Cody end it, if you tried to make it build to WrestleMania, I think it would have been too long. But Cody, Cody's injuries put the kibosh on it sure I, and and i loved cody's return i was there yeah man it just i just don't see who else can do it though but i don't think seth is on roman's level i don't think there's not a lot of people that are on and his i don't level, think though. cody's on his level no. i don't think bobby Roode's on his level i mean they have done a great job getting Roman to where he needs to be. And if, when Roman kept losing at WrestleMania to Brock, I didn't think, you know, I, I mean, they strongly tried to force feed us Roman before it was time. Right. They did a piss poor job of it. And hats off to Paul <coughs> Heyman and whoever's come up with this bloodline because you've even actually got the Usos over with me and I can't stand the Usos. Yeah. And I couldn't stand the Usos. I've come around. Right. I've come around to really like this. Um, heck, I don't like Sami Zayn, and I love him now. Yeah. Got over though. I mean, they've when wrestling works. It's, when wrestling works, there's nothing better. Wrestling's working right now. Yeah. Wrestling's working right now. I just don't see it. And that's just and it's just one old man's opinion, y'all. Yeah. I'm not and and don't. And don't take it that I'm I'm not crapping on anybody. Right. I'm not I'm, crapping I'm not, on yeah. anybody. It's just it I'm talking I'm talking believability. Sure. I get it. And nope. the storytelling they're doing with Logan Paul is somewhat believable right now. But you're only 
you're trying to hang your hat on the fact that he's got a knockout punch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're not trying to say he's a better wrestler. You're saying he can, he's got one shot. Yeah. I mean, but you were doing that with James Ellsworth, who holds three victories over AJ Styles. Right. I mean, you can make it. You can do it. It's just right now. So back to it with no disrespect to Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode's not the man to end Roman Reigns' championship right. reign. Right. No, I but, I mean, the glorious song and everything just, you know, he they, they cut his legs out from under him when he was when he was at his hottest. Right. right. And when they took Glorious away from him, you knew they were going to. Right. Because, so maybe you're right. Maybe Triple H starts writing wrongs. But I could see Bobby Roode getting a real good run again. I'd like to see him get a singles run, but I don't see him beyond the Intercontinental or the United States Championship. No, I get it. You know, something that... Uh... That isn't going to end here is our rivalries this week. Uh, so, Dave, uh, we kind of flew by the seat of our pants on this, but you picked a pretty damn good one this week. So, what uh, what you end up de- uh, deciding on? Charlotte versus Oscar. Okay. Oh, so sh- sh- shocking! You picked a Charlotte match, but I'm joking. <laughs> well, I was at WrestleMania in New Orleans, and Oscar was undefeated. I mean, a very, very red-hot, undefeated streak. Taking on the Queen at WrestleMania. And I truly believed that Charlotte was going to lose to Asuka. But I'm cheering, for, I'm cheering for Charlotte. And the people around me were cheering for Asuka. And I'm cheering for Charlotte. Knowing full well that I'm going to get they're going to they're going to screw with me when this is over because right. Charlotte because Charlotte's going to lose because Oscar's the new Goldberg, right? Right. I mean, that's how well her undefeated was done. Oscar's you mean, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, so when Oscar tapped at WrestleMania, I legitimately marked out, came out of my chair cheering and got goosebumps the way I did and I, when Kerry Von Erich beat Ric Flair. Really? That's, that's how few times in my life I've sat in the crowd and been affected by the outcome of a match. Oh, wow. But I was genuinely shocked she won, genuinely happy she won, <coughs> and genuinely losing my shit that she won. And that's one of my, that's one of my top, top wrestling memories. Right. And, uh, I mean, like I said, back what I said a minute ago, when wrestling works, it works. But, so, but, that, but, it, but it worked, though. When, I, when, when I, I remember seeing it, too, and it worked, though. It made sense. And it's going to be down low on the list. Where you got it, it's probably higher than I'd put it. Because, I mean, if, if Oscar, I, I should have said Asuka and Athena because that was a much better feud. But Oscar and Charlotte, I think I think Charlotte beating Oscar 
elevated Charlotte even higher. I it, think it did, did wonders for her. I mean, she didn't. I, I you could argue that she didn't need it, right? But it did, launched that, her. Did Oscar didn't need it. Did Charlotte didn't need it? Charlotte didn't need it. Okay. But by beating Oscar and ending that streak, it probably elevated her in the same way as a Brock Lesnar ending the Undertaker streak. Just because, oh my God, she's actually better than we thought she was. Because there probably wasn't anybody there that thought that Oscar's streak was going to end that night. That's how well it was done. Oh, how the buildup and everything was done, yeah. And Charlotte has gone on to, to, I mean, when you think that she's not going to, when you think that she's not going to win, she does. So, right. and that's and a lot of people, she'll get the, the uh, flag for being, oh, she's a flair or whatever. I'm like, well, no, yeah. she's, she's, no, she's legitimately own. one of the best, best performers in the world. Oh no, no. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to discredit that, but I can't stand intergender wrestling. It doesn't work for me. I would love to see Charlotte Flair and Randy Orton. Well, there was there was a scuttlebutt about that before too. But I mean, I could see it. I, Charlotte Flair versus Chris Jericho. Yeah. I mean, I think her talent is good enough that they could get in there and could and and wouldn't insult your intelligence, and you would believe. I don't, now, do I think she should beat either one of them? No. Right. But she'd put up a... I, I think she's one of the better athletes. And I'm not saying that she should ever be in the ring with Brock Lesnar or Roman <clears throat> Reigns. Sure. Sure. I'm, I mean, that would be like... Then I would go back to my Tessa Blanchard beating uh, Brian Cage. It, it, how? How the hell that happen? It, it doesn't make It doesn't make any bit of so, sense. So, I mean... I'm talking about a believable intergender match, and I think it would be an incredible match. I think I think it would be, and I mean that's how good I think Charlotte Flair is. Oh, by far, by far, and I got it. Where, and where I'm not you? a fan of hers. Yeah, her, being Ric Flair's daughter <clears throat> got being Ric Flair's daughter got my attention. Mm-hmm. But being as good as she is. And being actually probably in the ring better than her father was. Mm-hmm. Technically. I mean, she's took it to a whole nother level. So that's good right there. Right there at 22? Uh, yeah, 22 work. That may be high too. But I just, I... I... But I picked it just because yeah. I wanted to share that when something can touch you, Something can pop you, surprise you, and elicit a, a true emotion from you on a, on something that you know is 100% worked. You suspended your disbelief and got excited and genuinely lost your shit. And that's how wrestling should be every time you watch it. And unfortunately, it's not, unless you're a child. Right. Right. Unless you're a child, and that's why I like watching it with my grandkids so much. Because, I mean, even I was watching a match. Sorry, I go off on these tangents, y'all. No, no you take good. all the take all these left turns, but you're good. y'all remember go when 
I remember when Santino challenged Triple H on Raw for the for the WWE Championship. Yeah. For a minute there, you truly believed that Santino was fixing to win the championship. There's a believability factor. Now, I kind of knew it wasn't going to. But my wife and my stepkids were so into it, thinking Santino's actually, they're going to, Santino's going to beat Triple H tonight. And for a minute there, you thought they were going to do it. The Milan Miracle was going to win the World WWE Championship. So, when they do it, and it worked, I mean, so when you can suspend your disbelief and enjoy what you're watching on television or in the arena, that's, you know, it's kind of like playing golf. You're going to have a lot of horrible shots if you're an amateur golfer. You're just a weekend hacker. But every now and then, you'll have that one shot that makes you feel so good. It keeps you coming back because you're chasing that again. I want to feel that again. So that's why you'll put up with watching things that you might... There's a lot of nights that you'll like, man, I hate that I gave them two hours of my time to watch that shit. But then there's nights that, man, that was so good. That was the best... Tell, that The hour's already over. The two hours are already over. They're, Dang, Raw was good tonight. I didn't even realize I sat here and watched all three hours of it. Right. Because there's lots of nights that you're like, man, I'm 30 minutes in. I, I ain't watching this shit tonight. And turn it off and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll fast forward it later. Maybe I won't. So when wrestling works, there's nothing better. And... You know, it's you're you're chasing a feeling. I mean, yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. And that's that's what makes it so special. Mm-hmm. Um, man, occasionally when I referee, I get to be part of something special like that, and that helps. Uh, there's a Impact wrestler named Larry D. Right. And Larry D. came in and wrestled for us at BIW, and he went against um, Angel Camacho, and their match went long. And Camacho's legitimately 400, over 400 pounds. So he's a big guy. And Larry D's not a little guy himself. But Larry D worked worked the crowd. They didn't know who he was, that much about him. He came in, he worked the crowd. Him and Angel went in there, they went long. But the whole time, I felt like I was a part of something very, very special. And that drive home that night, I never got tired behind the wheel because I was so pumped up. I left pumped up because I was a part of something that special that I I witnessed. Because as a referee, sometimes I get the best seat in the house and it's hard to keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing and not just watch what's going on in front of me. There's a wrestler named Steve Anthony. Steve Anthony, former NWA light heavyweight champion. Uh, Steve Anthony came from Harley Races school uh i think steve anthony's one problem with best wrestlers in the world that you probably most of y'all will never never know and um i honestly got to a point where i did not want to referee steve anthony's matches because they were hard for me because i wanted to watch steve anthony wrestle he had to he had to get my attention one time and he looked at me so i dare you to work with me because I was so astounded at what was going on in front of me. I kind of got out of my job. Right. <clears throat> That's me. how good. And, uh, man, I'm just telling y'all. That's that's the passion that 
that's the passion I want to feel every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday. When well, I when I sit down at to this watch. point, <laughs> yeah. Anytime I watch wrestling, and now that I know I can get impact on Roku, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a Roku on my television so I can watch it too. There you go. Because I can't because I can't get it on I can't get it on I can't get channel on what I watch. Right. And um, and they have a good product right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Uh, MLW has a good product. Uh, I mean. There's lots of good wrestling going on in your area, wherever you live. Check it out. Look for it. Look for it. Support indie wrestling. Because if you go there and they have, if they have ten matches, then you know I'm sorry that they have ten matches. But because I, I, I mean, the best shows have six. I mean, there was a, wasn't there that wasn't that Extreme Rules only six matches this year? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have a dozen matches. But what I'm telling you is, is you might not like every match, but you're going to like some of them. And the only difference between the indie wrestlers, and I don't say that disparagingly, the only difference between an indie wrestler and a WWE superstar or an AEW wrestler or whatever, the only difference between most of what you see on the indies and what you see on television is the ones you see in the indies just haven't had that opportunity yet. Because there are people on the indies that are better than the people that you see on television. And there are people on television that you see are worse than the people that you see on the indies. I believe it. They've just had the opportunity. So support support indie wrestling. I mean, do it because you're going to see some diamonds in the rough. And you know what else you're going to see? You're going to see somebody. You're going to see somebody. That one of these days you're going to turn on the TV and you're going to say, hey, I saw that guy. That's the guy I saw wrestle at that baseball field in Canton, Mississippi. You know, or that's the guy. Man, I, I used to see him at MPX in, 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 in Bedford, Texas. I, I, that's an, you know, I, I remember that guy used to, and I, I liked him back then. I'm glad to see he's on television. Or you're going to say, Hey, I saw that guy wrestle the other night, and Jade Cargill just kicked the shit out of him because he he ran in being a security guard Friday night. Right. You know. Or 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 you're gonna look up and there's gonna be a tag team, and they're not gonna have the same names that you see them under, but you're gonna like, man, I saw those two guys wrestle at BIW, and they tore the place apart. That guy never has a bad that guy never has a bad match when I go to see him. I'm so glad to see him on SmackDown, even though he's fixing to get the crap kicked out of him by Braun Strowman. <laughs> Which happens quite a bit. <laughs> or there's a guy that, you know, why, why? I mean, so that's that's what I'm telling you. And uh, we got to quit doing these on Sunday morning, RJ, because I feel like I'm, I'm at church now. I'm, I'm, I'm laying down the gospel <laughs> well, to the, well, to I'm, the I'm, masses. But, well, I'm I'm sure a little a lot, a lot of people feel the same way that you're getting your your preaching out there. I'm but passionate it, about this, and no, it, it it shows, Dave. It really does, and I'm glad that you you know you and, took and the thank time you for to do giving that. me a platform that I I could I could I could vent like that. Oh yeah, I do more than I'm more than happy to sit back and relax and listen to you preach. But um, another thing that I want to preach about now is my rivalry I'm adding this week is JBL versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, so pretty much if you go back and watch anything throughout 2004 
to 2005 before Eddie passed. The rivalry of those, that good year and a half, almost two years, was Eddie Guerrero and JBL. Every major pay-per-view, every pay-per-view that you saw that SmackDown had, if it wasn't at the top, it should have been. It was Eddie Guerrero versus uh, JBL. And I obviously, as you know, Dave, have inside viewpoint on that rivalry. And even JBL has said at times that if it wasn't for Eddie Guerrero, I'm paraphrasing, of course, if it wasn't for Eddie Guerrero, JBL, I don't think would have been champion as long as he has because he put him over as much as he could. I thought it it the same thing. Yeah. It got him over as that heel. It was that, like you said, you've said time and time again, not only on this episode, but previous, the believability factor was there. Yes. And when you believe that JBL was hated that much, it was true. JBL's told us stories before. He gave Eddie's mama a heart attack. Legitimately. Legit. And he's <laughs> told stories before where he had fans rushing into the ring to beat the shit out of him with whatever they had, a pipe, a knife, or whatever. You know, and, and Brian Hebner has told the stories about that too. Where he had to get involved because they didn't know, okay, is this guy real? Security didn't know. Security let him, you know, mistakenly let him go through or whatever. Yeah, we know. As, yeah. When you're a referee, if somebody's coming in the ring, so, I mean, the idea is to not let them get in. Yeah. So if you try, if you, if you come, if you, if you rush the ring, when I'm in the ring and your head comes between the ropes, I'm going to treat that son bitch like a soccer ball. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to put him into the sixth roll. I'm going to try. Yeah, sure as hell try. Because I'm a lover, not a fighter, guys. And if anybody I'm a knows. Hundred, I'm 165 pounds of chubby. That's a whole lot of loving to go around, Dave. I mean, I'm I'm just a little bitty guy. I mean, I'm <laughs> Super Dave, and I like to leap tall women in a single bound. I'm not a fighter. I have been known to punch a man in the fist with my face. That too. So, I mean... So when you get an idiot, when you got an idiot that comes in the ring, we're, we're going to do our dead level best to make sure he don't make it in. Oh, without question. Um, but but you, like I said, 2004 there, that was a rivalry, their match. Judgment Day, you know, like I said previous, where, you know, bloody gushers that Eddie was spilling on the mat. And it, it, it the storytelling was there. Where I have it right now, I don't know how you feel about it. Higher. You think it goes higher? God, yes. How, how high do you think it goes? Do you think it goes above pipe all the way up to top uh, 15? Do you think it goes at 15? Uh... Right underneath Ray and Eddie? Or do you think it goes, do you think it possibly could go above Piper and Hogan? Man. I think it goes above Ray and Eddie. I think do you it think goes right between... underneath Brett, Brett, and Sean, Brett and Sean? Yeah. I think 14 is a good place for it. Because it had that believability there too, where it's still you still had Eddie and Ray still had that believability. Eddie and Ray fought over Dominic. That's what you think of, right? right. But you, Eddie you, Eddie Guerrero made JBL. Right, right. No, but the, it, it it really did make sense though. It really did. Um, but yeah, so that came in number fourteen. We had uh, uh, Charlotte and Oscar coming in at twenty three now. So we got a lot of good stuff, Dave. I think that really did good stuff there. Um, 
obviously, for those of you that are listening now, you've seen the posts now um, saying that uh, as of after this week's show, um, you know, Ringside Rant will be going on a little bit of hiatus. Um, I, I honestly, Dave, I really wasn't prepared to talk about it here, but as we went going forward, um, I realized that I, that it would have would have come up by come out by now, um, and uh, I know it's some, something that I didn't. I had to pull pull the cord, Dave, and you know we talked about this behind the scenes with Justin as well. And I, something happened with Justin. We got to get in touch with him. But um, Justin's not here today. He killed the territory. Yeah, he killed the I'm territory. Kid, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, he, he, had, he had a long night last night. I have no idea. I, I It's neither here nor there at this point. But He did um, have a long night. Yeah. But he. It, it's something that I wanted to address here. Um, obviously, after the post that I'll probably, it would have been posted probably about Wednesday. Uh, but... You know, never say never. We'll say that. Um, and there's not a shatter of a doubt that I know. And I, I know inside baseball a little bit. I know stuff's going to happen coming out that you're involved with. But we'll make an announcement to, on the we'll make an announcement on next week's show. Yeah. But and and I've said this to you personally. I've not, I don't think I've said it on the recording, but. There are stories that you have that need to be heard. You have a wealth of knowledge that I haven't seen before. That you get a different insight of it. You have the dedication, the love for it. Like you said, you have, you care about it. And it shows. You have the passion for it. That's what I was looking at. That, pa- that that word's the word I was looking for. You have the passion for it, and it needs to be heard. And I'm very happy that you were able to, you know, be a part of this. And thank you, um, thank you RJ. I appreciate that. And uh, before I, it, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because we'll obviously talk about it next week too. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, it, I hated to do it, but unfortunately, not fortunately. I'm talking too much, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I honestly, you guys know, if you guys have any questions, concerns, whatever, DM me at underscore ringside rant. And that's something that's a conversation you can have over there too. I don't want to take up too many, too much people's times here. And obviously your time as well. Um, but uh, next week will be Starcade 85. Do it big. We're going to do it strong. We're going to go out on a high note. Hopefully we'll have Justin next week. I'm sure something something came up. I'm sure, um, but 85, 1985, Starcade next week. Holy shit, Dave! Go out on a high note. I know this is your baby. This greatest, is your wheelhouse. The greatest, the greatest cage match in history, without question. And that's something that uh, you know we'll we'll dedicate a lot of time to that. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of undercard stuff that we uh, we can talk about, but that's going to be the main crux of the show. Um, guys, thank you so much. You can find, like I said, uh, at underscore ringside rant. Dave, uh, before we close up shop, um, what do you got? Anything else that uh, you want to chat about or bring up before uh, we close shop? No, we're good for this week. All right. 
So you can find him at Ref Super Dave PWD across all your social medias at underscore ringside rant on Twitter. Justin's at JD2040. And just make sure, you know, tune in next week. Because go go big, go hard, go strong, whatever. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do we're gonna do it better than ever. We'll say. Right. But we'll see you right back here next week on the Ringside Rant.